Welcome to another edition of the Coaching You Basketball Podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. Uh, really excited uh, today because one of our speakers that we're having in Las Vegas on July 10-11 is Jeff Bezdelic, who's the associate head coach of the Houston Rockets slash defensive coordinator. Uh, Jeff has been in coaching for 42 years at the college and professional level, and I think you're going to find that his ideas, his concepts on defense at the NBA level are what you can use in high school and college. He is an extraordinary teacher at in Las Vegas. He's going to show some of the drills and things that he does with the Rockets. I got to witness their practices this year. I went back and immediately put him in our practice. And, you know, he... The NBA is the best offense in the world, so you better be good defensively to be able to stop this stuff. He's going to be speaking out in Vegas, as I mentioned, and we also have our clinic the week before in Orlando in conjunction with the Summer League there on July 5 and 6, but I think you're really going to appreciate Jeff Bezdelic. Now a word from our sponsors. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Excited today that we have a terrific guest on our podcast, uh, Jeff Bezdelic, who's been a friend of mine since we both almost started the NBA at the same time and uh, is going back and forth 
between NBA and college, and now back in his rightful spot in the NBA. Jeff, how are you, brother? I am great, Brendan. How are you? Fabulous. And, uh, you know, you, you know, we got to see each other during the year, and, um, and uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, you were really, really happy, uh, you know, because I think, you know, you and Mike D'Antoni accomplished so much at Houston. I, I, I think, forget record, I just think a 360-degree turn in their culture, uh, the, the great way you played offensively. And for those of us that are kind of purists, uh, I, I thought, you know, your defense was outstanding. Uh, talk about, to me, about the way, the merger almost of you and Mike as a coaching staff. Well, as we all know, when you're in basketball, it's a small world. And uh, Mike and I, our paths had crossed many times throughout our careers. And um, we just happened by chance to just connect uh, one day. And he said, look, and he said, I have some opportunities to get back in the NBA as a head coach. And would you be interested in coming with me? And I said, absolutely. And uh, he talked to me about, Jeff, look at you would be simply in charge of the defense, the game preps, uh, all the drills, just everything from A to Z on the defense. I'll take care of the offense and uh, uh, we'll, we'll team it. We'll team together. And so uh, when the opportunity came about with the Houston Rockets, it was just a, uh, just a, you know, uh, just a wonderful opportunity for me. I'm grateful to be with Mike. He's a brilliant man. And, uh, um, uh, he's just fun to be around and he's in, you know, just, uh, creates a great culture as you alluded to, you know, Mike, uh, you know, I was in New York, um, you know, going, uh, from like, you know, you know, kind of like GM associate head coach. Uh, then Isaiah got fired as president and head coach and Donnie Walsh came in and, uh, and we, uh, we, we hired Mike from the Suns, and I was so excited because I just believed in coaching against him that I was one of the toughest guys I ever coached against ever in 30 years in the NBA uh, from the Phil Jacksons and Pop and Riley and those guys that guy he was he was as tougher tougher than anyone to coach against because of that style of play and so I thought that would that we didn't have Phoenix talent but I thought uh, he would be a great boost for our, for our team. And so I was really excited. Unfortunately, I only got to spend about three months with him. Uh, but, you know, I knew he should have been very, very special in New York. Uh, in, in, and now after spending one year with him, what are his best attributes as a head coach? Well, first of all, as we all know, uh, in the NBA or wherever you may be, you have to have uh, one voice coming down from the ownership uh, to 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 the GM to everyone involved within the organization. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, this is how we are going to play, and we're committed to it. So, what we found in Houston, it's been a perfect storm from the standpoint that Leslie Alexander and Daryl Morey. Uh, this is the way w- we want to play. We want to we want a, 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 a fast pace. We want to shoot threes or get layups. That's what we do. And, of course, in order to be an elite team, then we have to get it done at the defensive end as well. But there's this, there's, we have an identity. And Mike is spearheaded 
that identity because what Mike does is is uh, he he keeps it simple and. We're going to shoot threes or we're going to drive to the hoop and get layups. And that's as simple as it can get. And, and he has just, a, a, you know, a few plays. It's like the Princeton offense. You, you have, you have uh, four or five different reads within the four or five sets that we do run. And so we practice that. We drill that every day. We keep it simple. This is how we play. And then from a defensive standpoint, um, we have – our schemes, we practice that every day. And so like a typical practice would be um, we have a, a classroom setting where uh, we, we warm up, uh, but we break it down into three groups. And so I'll take a group defensively and just kind of walk through things, whether it be a communication drill or, or just, just clean up some things. And then we then we we shoot for three minutes where we run up and down the court and shoot threes and layups. <laughs> and then we do a defensive segment for about twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and and then we just we just play and we work on our offense and we work on our defense. The players love it. Mike does a great job of communicating with the players on a daily basis before and after practice. He, he's always going through uh, where they eat, uh, where they lift, uh, in the training room, just communicating, putting his hands on, on guys. And, and, and so um, we play music <laughs> uh, when they're warming up and, and throughout some of the drills. Uh, just and, and the guys enjoy playing. They enjoy the system. They enjoy the simplicity. They enjoy and respect the clarity of what's expected on them from them on both ends. And so Mike, uh, uh, and, he, and he's, he's so, he treats everybody the same. Uh, he'll spend as much time with the, the intern in the video room as he will with anybody else. Hmm. And so he makes everybody feel good. So my point is, in a long-winded way, from the ownership down, we have a clarity of how we're going to play. We have an identity. And then Mike takes that by creating a culture of which everybody is important, everybody feels needed, wanted, and uh, um, it's it just it, it was in the 42 years that I've coached, uh, this has been one of the most enjoyable years I've had. That that's what was coming out to me. I mean, and you you worked for some terrific coaches, but like, and and I'm a huge huge Pat Riley fan. You know, having coached against him, have unbelievable respect for him. You work for Pat. Uh, but a totally different approach, right? Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, and, 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 you know, and everybody's... I mean, they're both right. I mean, I'm saying... But they're both just, right. And, and exactly. Saying, yeah, not, and and you know what? Everybody's... It's a different time, too. Pat, yeah. back then, was a different time. Guys are different today. Young people are different today. It's a different generation. You know, Eric Spolster did a terrific podcast with Woj a couple of weeks ago. And he said, I go, I went out to see Pat, uh, Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. And I, I, and I came back and I told Pat, you know, he plays music. They have fun. Pat looked at him just in disdain. <laughs> you know, and, and he said, Pat, it's a different time. These are the different era of kids that we're dealing with. And I thought that was a great Eric Spolstra observation and a great way of putting it to his boss, you know. It is a different time. We're dealing with millennials now who it's all about me and stuff like that. And so you have to make it about them. 
when you coach Absol- at the Air Force, Ac- when you coach at the Air Force Academy and talk about being there, how did how did that go from going? I know you had phenomenal success. But had that? How was that transition from the Denver Nuggets to the Air Force Academy? Well, um, yeah, no, it was interesting, <laughs> and and uh, um, you know, again, I um, it, it was. When when you're at a place like the Air Force Academy, it, it, there's from a coaching standpoint, you have built-in leadership, you have built-in unselfishness, you have all the qualities and tangibles that you want in your team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that I learned was those guys had um, tough days. You know, they'd wake up at five thirty in the morning they had to make their bed they had to shine their shoes uh they had to run and eat to breakfast they had to be there right on time they had to eat their breakfast within 15 minutes they had to run the class they're taking chinese and you know uh, physics and all this kind all these kinds of classes and they have sar- drill sergeants in their face so when they came to when they came to practice i actually did that I love music and I love Motown. So I would play Motown stuff and the four tops and the temptations. Mm-hmm. And I would play that kind of stuff. And when we shot and the, they, they really, really, they, they loved it because it was the best part of their day. Number yeah. one. And number two, they loved basketball. And what we did was they had the Princeton offense that uh, they had been running, but they, they ran all the false motion. And I said, you know what the heck with the false motion? Why? Why allow the defense to, you know, just stand there and watch you guys run a, run your false motion and then have to guard for about 15, 20 seconds the Princeton stuff? Let's run into it, keep them moving, and don't allow someone who's late getting back to get set. And if we keep moving, they're going to be so far behind, and pretty soon we'll be able to exploit that, get a layup, get an open three, uh, someone will have to cover, and then we'll get even another person open. And so we were 50 and 16 in two years, got up to 11th in the country, went to the NCAA tournament in the Final Four of the NIT by just having fun. And and we had an identity, uh, the, the motion offense, uh, Princeton offense, without any you know false motion to shorten the game. And we ran that matchup zone. So and we had great young people who really, you know, executed it very, very well. So I learned a lesson back then that, hey, you know, having fun is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Winning is a good thing, too. And that, that also makes things a lot more fun. How, how did you like to transition to a motion uh, to a matchup zone? You know what? I, I love defense. And of course, you know what? Uh, like you said earlier, I, I, I worked for Pat Riley for seven years and I had to do the game plans and all the <laughs> game preps and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, just the defense has always uh, been a part, a big part of me. And I love the matchup because, and if you look at, you look at the NBA today, it's mm-hmm. almost like you, you have to be able to switch because there's so much, uh, it's so hard with the ball screens and the single sides and the short action. It's so hard to get in to tag and get back out to a shooter and, and so on and so forth. And the way the offenses are, 
you almost have to switch to be able to not put yourself in a position where you got to be in, you got to be out, you got to close out, so on and so forth. And so the matchup zone uh, was really glorified switching and <laughs> keeping yourself yeah. off the ball and help position. So, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I had a conversation with Ettore Messina, uh, our friend with the Spurs, and uh, he, he just, just was in awe of the way Golden State plays defense. And, uh, you know, he thinks, you know, as great as their offense is, their defense is so special. What makes, as a defensive purist and uh, like yourself, Jeff, what, what did you, what do you appreciate about watching the Warriors on defense? What are some well, of the things that they do? You know, first of all, as we tell our guys, it takes all five players to get a stop. You can't have three guys or four guys doing their job and one guy not doing their job. And so with Golden State, I see that all five guys are doing their job. That's number one. Number two, they've got great individual defenders that are, have a great competitive spirit. And Draymond Green, Clay Thompson especially, those two guys spearheaded. And so you have a great competitive spirit, a collective competitive spirit, You've got guys who communicate. They do a great job of not only switching, but switching off the ball. And so uh, everybody's on a string, moving in sync. Everyone's involved. Everyone's communicating. They have great length mm -hmm. so that they got guys like Draymond Green and Kevin Durant and, and McGee, for example, guys like that. They can guard anybody. Sure. On a, and then if uh, if Curry gets switched off and rolled into, you know, down low, they're switching off the ball immediately. And so they've got ball pressure. They've got great weak side awareness and help. And as you well know, Brendan, because you played on some of the greatest NBA defensive teams of all time, that it's the weak side defense that makes your, takes your defense to another level. So they not only have great uh, um, ball pressure, but they have a great weak side presence. They have length. They have versatile guys. They have guys that are competitive and they communicate. And um, they, they take pride in it. And it's like what we told our Houston Rocket team the first day was – you know, we're going to score by accident. We can score 115 points, 120 points by accident with the firepower we have. But th what's going to take us to an elite level is whether or not we commit to the defensive end because 17 out of the last 20 teams in the NBA championship in the NBA championship round um, have been in the top 10 both in offense and defense. So mm. you're kidding yourself if you're not going to commit to the defensive end. That, that's a hell of a stat. You know, one of the things that Chuck Daly used to always preach uh, to our guys was, you know, the head coaching leadership, some people think is important. He says, you know, he was very self-deprecating. He would say, but we're going to win with internal leadership. And we had like six guys that were terrific leaders. And Dumars, of course, being an incredible player, was the most non it doesn't sound right the most non-verbal of all of them never said a word he just did it by example and action uh but you know guys like R lambeer and rodman 
and Vinnie Johnson, John Sally, those guys talked, and Mahorn, and people like that, and Isaiah. So they, they led, and so the point being, I think the Warriors have a team of internal leaders where, I, I don't mean this in any way, but whether it's Steve Kerr, Luke Walton, or Mike Brown, all good coaches, whoever's leading the group, these guys are so accountable, so responsible themselves that it doesn't matter who's in the driver's seat. These guys are, they're almost self-coaching, which is the highest form of leadership probably, right? Absolutely, and, and you're, you're 100% right. You have to, you can't have success unless you have great internal leadership, and that internal leadership has to be positive and sending the message that you want as a coach. And, um, you know, it's one of the things I think, you know, we, as I mentioned earlier, in warm-ups, we do communication drills. Right. And, and it's, it's um, uh, I, I think we don't, we should do more of that, to be honest with you. Uh, because uh, how do, how do, and I tell the team, how do relationships fail? People, when if they fail, when people fail to communicate. And a lot of times when we show bad clips after, the day after a ball game, it's because there's no partnership because uh, there's lack of communication. There's lack of communication in defensive transition. There's lack of communication on a ball screen. There's lack of communication on a, an emergency switch. There's lack of communication to be able to say, you know, hey, to your teammate where you are. And so um, it, it's it's that lack of communication and it comes from uh people just not willing to talk or 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 just taking a possession off uh so a lot of times in practice you know so as a coach you always want to coach too much and i think one of the things that i've got to do a better job of and it's a focus for next year is i'm going to do uh, less talking uh during drills and stuff and and you know i want I need you guys to talk. Right, right. <laughs> you guys to talk. Uh, because it's amazing how our defense was so much better when our defense was in front of our bench in, in either the first half or second half. It's unbelievable. And we, yeah. Right? Yeah, but it's it, unbelievable. Now, all of a sudden, it's down at the other end. Hey, guys, it's on you. <laughs> yeah. No, you're 100%. I agree. Period. Yeah. What's the hardest thing in the NBA to teach defensively? I, I think just uh, – you know, the, it's so long. Um, the, the season is so long. And it's like, you know, what's interesting is like in December, we had an unbelievable December. I think we were like 15 and two or something. Mm-hmm. And and we, we, we had the second best defense in the NBA, second best rated defense in the NBA. And 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 so and then then we had a bad we, we didn't play very well in, in in january and it slipped like we were like 17th or something and, and it was so why you know if we we just took possessions off and it was like it was like we scored so much it was like okay well okay all right we're up by 20 22 24 we'll just take these next possessions off and what happened was we we, we told our team all the time uh, you, you can't turn it on and turn it off. You're going to, you're going to rely on your habits come playoff time and your habits that it, it's, you got to develop your habits every single possession and the great teams push themselves to do that. So I think that the focus is like James Harden has a reputation of not being a very good defender. He can be when he wants to be. And he has shown that. And, but he, 
he just takes possessions off. So I think that's the biggest challenge that I have found with this particular team is, is we just decide to take possessions off because we score so easily. Does that make sense? Oh, no. And, and that, that, and that's, and that is in a 48 minute game, you're a hundred percent right. And, you know, and also, substitutions are so critical you know how many guys can you play and you watch now some of these teams their rotations shorten as they always do in playoffs and you know when you have a bench that can come in and play uh and you can trust them all boy that's uh that's a huge advantage and you have interchangeable parts and you had a really nice bench especially offensively you know guys with like eric and Lou coming in offensively, and then when you have a big guy that can come in and block some shots, but it, it's it's an amazing thing, and that's what I think makes the NBA so much fun is the incredible talent that you compete against every night. It's not like in college where we have guarantee games and beginning of your schedule. Some of those teams they couldn't beat you if you left them alone in the gym for a half hour, and now every you know the bad teams in the NBA are really really good teams, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. I mean, if people, if you, if you let your guard down for a second, you'll get embarrassed. And, and so you're exactly right. Uh, um, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward in July out in Vegas where you're going to come and you're going to, you know, work at our coaching you event. And I, I think you're really going to enjoy it, Jeff. And I know all of the coaches that we have come, they love to, to hear. And the, the NBA defense, I think, is the best defense. It is not I think. I know it's the best defense in the world. It's the hardest coaches, the best players to compete against. And I think that's the great uh, secret if you want to say, in basketball, is how good defense is in the NBA because of how great the offense is. So we're looking forward to having you uh, spend time with our people, and it's going to be a real treat. And I thank you for taking time out of your busy off-season, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Brendan, it's a pleasure, and I'm really looking forward to uh, Las Vegas as well, and not only just uh, being a, a having an opportunity to speak, but to listen to the other great speakers that, that are there. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, you're always learning. It, it's, it's amazing. You're learning every day. And so uh, you're, you're exactly right. The NBA is filled with great talent, great coaches, and uh, the rules uh, help the offense. So it makes it even more of a challenge for yeah. the defense. Well, you've been a great friend for many years, and I really appreciate it. And I know our coaches appreciate listening to you today. And thank you, as always, for sharing, Jeff. Have a great day, Brandon. Thank you. Appreciate it.